I just took you all to Disneyland just now. Was that fun? A little fun? You guys think I'm up here, but I'm really not. Amen. We are in week three of a series called Perspective. Tell someone perspective. Tell them I see you. I have a good perspective that you are sitting next to me. But the Lord was talking to me about something, and I want to bring it to you. That's why I put this video up. That's why you have the glasses today. But something about three-dimensional faith. How many of you know that you are made up of three different things? Anybody know what they are? Your body, which is your flesh. Someone say, my flesh. Your soul, which is your mind. Someone say, my mind, my will, and my emotion. Okay? But you're also made up of spirit. You're made up of spirit first. Did you know in the Bible in Genesis when he said, let us make man in our image, at that point there was no physical form of body. It was spirit. So you are made up of spirit before you are anything else. But the problem is, is that so many people are walking around with a two-dimensional faith. Come on, that was the, oh, amen, part. And, and we're not walking around in the spirit. You have to learn, tell someone you got to learn how to walk in the spirit. You have to have a three-dimensional faith. But how do you do that? The Bible says, in the armor of God, it says, put on the helmet of salvation, Right? Cover your head. How many of you ever played a sport where you had to wear a helmet? How many of you ever just wore a helmet? Maybe you were a fighter. Maybe, I don't know what it may have been. And the thing is, when you have a helmet on and you're playing a contact sport, it's so much easier to not be concerned about charging your opponent or your opponent coming at you. You're guarding your eyes, you're guarding your perspective. You can go in and not be afraid or worried about what's coming at you or what you're going towards. And what do you mean, the helmet of salvation? You have to put on that righteousness and know that, that God's got me covered. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And I have nothing to worry about when I go towards my problems or situations or when the enemy tries to come at me because the word of God says that no weapon, come on, say it with me, formed against me shall prosper. I want to read you a verse in Ephesians 1 and 8. It's not my opening verse, but I want to read this to you. It says, I pray that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, someone say that I need to know, right? To know the hope to which he has called you to, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. God's trying to open up the eyes of your heart so that you will know that he's called you. He's trying to open up the eyes of your heart so you can have a better perspective of what he's called you to. How many of you know that the reason that we don't walk towards things and we don't have progress in our life is because we lack the perspective to see what God has actually called us to and who we are in Christ, amen? Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians 13. Give me a little more volume if you can. I'm going to back off this mic some. 1 Corinthians 13, we know that, look, I've done a million weddings for people. I've preached weddings, and by the way, I'm not wearing pink. This is, someone say, salmon. I almost lost my man card today, James. He almost took it from me. But, you know, men like to fish for salmon. And salmon's a manly color, so someone say salmon. 1 Corinthians 13, I've done a ton of weddings, and most every wedding I do, they want 1 Corinthians. They want to talk about the love chapter. Okay, But somewhere in the middle, I want to read to you what Paul had said. He said these words. Now, I'm just going to give you a disclaimer now. There will be people in this room today, and I'm not pinpointing anybody. I don't know who you are. You might be mad at me at the end of this sermon. This is a hard sermon for some people. I'm not being mean when I preach this sermon, but how many of you know that the Word of God says that the truth will set us free? It's not my truth. You don't want my truth. But this is the word of God. It's true. And, and if you don't evaluate yourself and you don't look at who you are in Christ and you don't look where your mistakes are or your problems or where you're going wrong and understand that we can't make any more excuses that it's probably us and not them, come on, then we'll never change or we'll have progress in our life. Who's ready to progress? Who's ready to walk in their destiny, amen? To do what God has called you to do. To walk out of one season and to walk in something new. For some of you, 
You thought you were out of 2019, but you're not. Mentally. Emotionally. You're in 2020, but for some of you, you're stuck in 1978. Because of what happened to you when you were a kid. So he's already getting mean. Here's what Paul says in the love chapter. He says, when I was a child, he says, I spake as a child. Someone say spake. He says, I understood as a child. Someone say understood. Then he says, I thought as a child. Say thought. But. Tell someone it's all about the but. He says, when I became a man or a woman in this case, he says, I put away childish things. Now say perspective with me. Come on. I got a question for you today. Are you blocking love from coming to you? Not your situation and not your problems and not your spouse or what happened to you. But are you blocking love from entering into your life or being expressed from your life? This is the love chapter, right? The one that everybody wants at their weddings. The one that brings joy. And, and we talk about love that, that's unconditional. And how love is patient. Love is kind. Right? It's not puffed up. You ever seen a puffed up person? Look like a blowfish. I see them all the time. They come into church constantly. But in the middle of this love chapter, he talks about when he was... A child, he thought like a child. But when he became a man, he put away childish things. Can I teach this a little bit today? I want us to get a good understanding of this. But is there something that you are doing that's blocking your love? Is there a reason, and hear me on this, that you don't like people? Maybe people treated you wrong, and because of that, you don't like any people. Is there a reason that people don't like you? Can we be honest with this? That's hard, isn't it? What's the blockage? What's blocking that today? Tell someone it could be me. But right in the middle of this chapter, in this dissertation about love, Paul says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Okay? I spake. I understood, and I thought. I spake, I understood, and what? And I thought, like a child. Spake, S, understood, U, T, thought. There is something in the business world now called SUT. Someone say SUT. S-U-T. Businesses all over the world use this for one thing. SUT stands for system under test, all right? It refers to systems that are being tested for correct operation. Isn't that something? How it's even in that order, it may just be a God thing, how he spake, he understood, and how he thought SUT. This is the same exact system that we need to use in our life to test our own system. How many of you know that it's all about the system that you use? It's all about the method that you use that's causing these things and these blockages in your life. It's how you speak, how you understand, and how you think about a situation. That's what causes the perspective to be either critical or to be an opportunity. How you speak. How you understand the situation. And how you think about the situation. Look, if your life today has no expected end, my question is, do you have the courage today to test your systems? Are you brave enough to not make any more excuses in your life, in your walk with Christ, and to test the system? Is the way that you speak and the way that you, that you understand, the way that you think, stopping you from becoming what God wants you to become? You still love me so far? We're getting through this. I didn't hear anybody on that one. I want us to be honest and look, look at how much time we spend on how we look. Can I tell you, it's not about how you look that's stopping you. But do you know in the day that we live, people think that it's the way that they look that's going to get them something or get them somewhere? Oh, if you have social media, you know what I'm talking about. 
Everyone do the duck face, right? The duck face selfie. Everybody knows what that is. But we think that if we look a certain way, then it may bring us into a certain crowd. If we look a certain way, it's going to give us a certain type of acceptance. But can I tell you, no matter how you look, and you look good, tell someone you look good. Maybe I made a connection there, I don't know. It's not about how you look. That's not the system that will bring you into what God wants you to be. What do you mean? You, you, you look good, but I know a lot of people that look good, but they're not good. I know a lot of people that have way less features than any of you in this room. But can I tell you something? They're happy. You, you may look good, but be miserable at the same time. You can look the part, but not really know how to do the part. Your system. Your system. You look pretty. We spend so much time fixing our eyes and, and making things look good and, and women making sure that you got the curl on your lashes, right? You look fine, but you're miserable. We challenge the way that God makes our eyes more than we challenge the way that we think about who we are. Right? You look pretty, but can those eyes really see? Can they really see that what God has before you is what he wants you to see? I found that people are extremely loyal to dysfunction. You ever met someone that's very loyal to dysfunction? Maybe it's you. And you don't want to be that way. But you're comfortable with it. And what you're comfortable with, you're loyal to. And they're so comfortable with this, dysfunct this dysfunction, they're loyal to it. And people will fight you to hold on to a system. And hear me on this. They'll fight you to hold on to a system that does not work. You ever met someone like that? I've been in so many churches. and I, uh, We're blessed and honored to be in a church that loves progression. But here's the thing. We love progression without forgetting about heritage. You know that's important? You want to progress, but you don't progress so much to the point to where you get away from the word of God, to the things of the spirit. The second chapter of Acts, amen, the gifts of the spirit. That's important. That's what we believe in. That is our foundation and our base is Jesus Christ. But it's okay to want to progress. But sometimes there's people in life that they can't progress because they're attached to an old system, an old way of thinking, an old way of acting. When I was a child, right? They say, oh, that's just the way I am. You ever said that? That's just me. What if me isn't working anymore? What if me is messing everything up? How long will you hold on to a dysfunctional system and let life and opportunity pass you by? Come on. Someone say, this is good preaching. Amen? Here's the thing. The system that is killing you, that's stopping you, is this. It's how you speak. Negativity. Destruction. Curses. Right? It's how you understand and it's how you think. This is, someone say, this is my system. This is my system. And your system is blocking your perspective of something. How you speak and how you understand and how you think is blocking your perspective, your view of what God wants you to see in the situation. In other words, if you're always seeing it as critical, if you're always seeing it as miserable, if you're always seeing nothing but problems, then your perspective is blocked because of your system. Your system, tell someone, is outdated. Get rid of the VCR. Get rid of the DVD player. Because we have digital nowadays. There's a thing called Netflix and, and Hulu and Prime, right? And Disney Plus. And I could go down the list. You don't need the... How many of you remember beta tapes? I remember beta tapes, right? How many of you remember who had that device in your house that after you went to Blockbuster, you, it, would Blockbuster tapes have a sticker on it that said something? It said, be kind and rewind. And then you bought this little device that you pop and it looked like a car. Some of them made up like a car. You put it in, push it down, what does it do? Zzz, it rewinds the tape for you. An old way. An old system. It was cool. I love Blockbuster. I like the experience of going in. I'd go to Blockbuster. Then we'd go next door and we'd get a little Caesars pizza that were all square back then. And they came in paper. You remember that? And we'd go home. We'd eat pizza. 
We'd watch a blockbuster and then play the original Nintendo Mario. You remember that? And how many remember Duck Hunt, right? And that dog, I just wanted to shoot that dog every time he popped his head up on the screen. And there's nothing wrong with that. But can I tell you something? Here's the thing. That system is obsolete. I'm going to start preaching now. I've done some teaching. Your system, your mentality, your way of thinking may be obsolete. In other words, if you try to plug it in to a modern... Look, can I tell you, you remember when we had rabbit ears, right? Who knows what rabbit ears are? I'm not talking about these. I'm talking about the things that you put on the TV that if it didn't work right, you would get aluminum foil. You may get a hanger, and you're going to get some things to try to extend the reach. And so, kids, we did this in order to... When you didn't have cable, the rabbit ears pulled in a signal to where you could watch certain television shows. Growing up, I only had like five channels. I remember one of them was Nick at Night. I love Nick at Night. We'd watch Car 54. Where are you? We'd watch Leave it to Beaver. How many of you remember that? Eddie Haskell, man, is my favorite. <laughs> we'd watch The Munsters, and, and, and we would watch Ozzy and Harriet. How many of you remember these things? Loved it, man. Dragnet. And, and we go through all these things. And, but the thing is, those antennas... They, they work to pull channels in, but there was a time, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, where they said, listen, your antenna will not work anymore. We're no longer broadcasting this through the air. How many of you remember that? So rabbit ears are obsolete. You cannot pull channels in like that anymore. And if you tried to plug that system into a modern flat screen LED HD 4K TV, nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening for you. Nothing's moving for you. Nothing's changing for you. Why? You're plugging in an old system, oh, come on, to a modern movement. Modern movement isn't lights and, and projectors. and That's not modern movement. That's not what modern movement is. Those are modern things, but that's not modern movement. Come on. Changing your system of operation and testing it to where you can understand and have a better perspective. You wonder why, look, it worked for you then. You, you, you had the channels that came in then, and, and you had a clear perspective and view, man. You could watch it. And our TV back then, we had two knobs. I was the remote control for my parents. And they would say, go turn it to blah, blah, blah. Now go over there. It was only five channels. So I turn it, and then on the bottom, it had this fine tuner knob. How many of you remember that? You could tune it a little bit, and all of a sudden, it'd get clearer and clearer and clearer. Focus. Tell someone focus. But you did this to get a better perspective of let's make a deal. Of Wheel of Fortune, which is still on. I don't know how. Vanna hasn't changed, has she? Pat Sajak, he got shorter. But to get a better perspective, there was adjustments we had to make. And it worked then, but it's not going to work for us now. What do you mean? I'm not, I'm not talking about just dressing different or, or having a, a church that's extremely modern or whatever it may be. I'm talking about your understanding of the Word of God. His mercies are new every day, right? The old manna won't work for you. If you leave it on the shelf, it's going to spoil. That's why he said every day there'll be fresh new manna for you. What do you mean? I study the Word of God, and the more that I read it, I get into to, to John 3.16 and read it, and I, I may understand that, you know, for those who love the Lord and believe in the Lord, that they'll have everlasting life, but I, I need to read that again, because somewhere in there, it's going to be something else for me, a new revelation every time I read it. But we're still so stuck in our old ways, our old way of thinking. Tell someone, change your system. He said, when I was a child... I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but, tell someone but, when I became a man, I put away childish things. See, what we're dealing with here, and here's where you may get a little mad at me, but it might not be you. Tell someone it's not me, it's someone else, right? We're dealing with an immature inner life. I'm not calling you immature. Maybe the Holy Spirit is, I don't know. The Lord spoke to me on this because there were some immature ways in my spirit I had to change. And if you're not real with yourself, you'll never change. So we're dealing with the immature inner life. 
Now, the outer life is maturing. Come on. I know that every time I look in the mirror and I see more gray. I see more wrinkles. I see things that are untucked that should be tucked in. So the outer life is maturing, but the inner life has not in some ways. Could it be possible that inside you're still a child in some ways? Don't get mad at me, because I don't know. That's the good part. But could it be that inside of you, inside of your spirit, inside of your mind, which is your, your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions, somewhere in there that there are some immature ways still, some childlike ways. Oh, come on. You know when mine come out the most? Mine come out when I'm sick. I've been married 20 years, almost 21 years in April. And I'm a milker. What do you mean you're a milker? I'm, when I'm sick, I milk it. I don't just have a cold. I got a cold. Oh, and honey, you need to do this for me. And you need to do that for me, don't I? But what's happening is the immature me is coming out because I'm getting pampered by my wife. And I'm reverting back to childish ways. I'm reverting back to when mom did this for me and it was easy. And someone cared for me and they they pampered me. And it's good to have those. I'm not talking against that. But somewhere in life, what we've done is we've allowed that system to flow into our business system. And into our relationship system. And into our Christian walk with God relationship. We've allowed that system to come in. And now we're babies to everything. Oh, I told you it's going to be a little rough today. What do you mean? Oh, and, and, and when I was a kid, man, I had two older brothers. They tortured me. I told you, they pushed me out of a second-story window with garbage bags in my arm, told me I would float. Didn't work. Thank God for the snowbanks in Chicago. I lived, obviously. They tortured me. They loved me. We, we get along. They're all pastors now. We talk every single day. But I never let them forget it when they tortured me. But when I was younger, from the ages, I don't know, four or five to maybe ten, I whined a lot. What do you mean? I, wh- I whined because I was being tortured. And no one believed me until I got about 11, and then I started growing, and they stopped growing. They're all about this short. And they didn't mess with me no more. But what had happened, even though I had grown older than them from the age, or taller than them from the age of 11 up, even though I was bigger than them, how many of you know that through the, all the way up to like 15, 16, I was still timid from them. I was still afraid of them. I could tear them both up. I did. I shot them with BB guns. I, I'll tell you a good story about that one day. Shot all the heads off every trophy they ever had. They were both locked in a bathroom. My parents came home, and I had an air, air rifle aimed at them. Anyways, you don't know why I did it, so don't judge me. <laughs> but the thing is this. I would, I would still have childish ways in my responses. Are you getting this today? And how I responded to the situation or to them because of what had happened to me previously. I had an old system of thinking and responding. And because of that, When anything happened to me, even though physically I could have done something about it, mentally I could have, emotionally I could have, I reverted back to my old system because that's the only system I had. Is this good so far? I told you it's going to help you out. I pray that today that we apply this and God will give us a new perspective of where we're at in our life. Still acting like a child though in some ways. Reacting to things like we're still a child. Understanding situations in our life like we did when we were a child. I know that things have happened to you. It's happened to me. I know that you've been through stuff. I've been through stuff. But do we allow that stuff to define who we are and where we're going? Or do we change the system? You know the reason that a lot of children that as they're growing up and they're younger and they go through trauma through a divorce... Splitting up of parents at a young age. Kids maybe four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever it is. And the reason that they go through so much trauma through that divorce is this. They think that it was their fault. And because of that, they blame their self and this trauma. It's not in every case, but a lot of it. I've seen it. I've been around it. Counseled it. My question is, are you blaming yourself for things that were never in your control in the first place? Are you carrying weights and are you carrying crosses of things that had nothing to do with you? 
Are you being victimized by you? Someone say perspective. He says, I spake, I understood, and I thought. Sut, S-U-T. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. Can I tell you, that's all cool when you're a child. Because you're supposed to tell someone when you're a child. But here's the problem. The problem comes with the but. Don't smile. I'm talking about a word. The problem came here with that word but in the word of God. It says but. Someone say but. He says when I became a man, I love this part, and I'm wrapping this thing up in a minute. He says I put away, someone doesn't say I say I put it away. He says I put away childish things. Notice the order. This is good. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Not I put away childish things, and that made me a man. Can I say that again? Because I, I want you to get it. I had to really dig into this part. He said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Not, I put away childish things, and they made me a man. What he was saying is this. I became a man, come on, but I still had childish systems that had to be put away. I grew outwardly. Because that's what we do. We mature outwardly. But even though we matured outwardly and I became a man, I became a, look at someone and say, you're grown up. When I grew up, in other words, I still had childish systems with me, but I had to put those childish systems away. Because what was appropriate for a system then is now inappropriate. Why? Because I've outgrown that system. Look at someone and say, I outgrew it. Come on. I outgrew that system. I outgrew that system. I outgrew it. I outgrew the way that I speak. I outgrew the way that I understood. I outgrew the way that I think about things. I'm too big to be bound by this system in my life. Amen? I'm too grown up to be bound by this I had to put it away I had to get it and I had to put it away are you a person that is loyal to a system of a child or are you waiting on that system to leave or are you grown up enough to put it away because here's the thing The system can't put itself away. I have to put it away. The put away in this phrase, can I tell you what it means? It means, here's the thing. I'm going I'm to put this together for you. It means it's still there. But its functionality is severely limited now. Okay? It's still there. But its functionality is limited. So the childish speech and the, the childish understanding and the childish thinking, listen to this, it still exists. It's still there. But it, now that I've put it away, it's severely limited from operating in my life like it used to. Amen? Are you getting this? Here, I'll give you an explanation. You guys will all, parents will understand this, okay? Here, here's the thing. J James, just come here for a minute. I have something I want to tell you. Okay? It's kind of hard for me to promise you when I'm constantly. The kids are getting mad at me right now. When I'm constantly on my phone, but, but hold on. Okay? I'm going to put that away. It, it's still here, but I'm going to put it away. Why? So I can conversate with you. And if I put it away, even though, the, you know, I can get in here and play video games and ping pong, whatever game, I don't know, that we play nowadays, Candy Crush. If I don't put that away, I won't have a clear perspective of the conversation that we're having. Come on, someone, that's good. If I don't put it away, I won't have a good view of what you're trying to tell me or a good understanding of what you're trying to say. I won't get it. 
you're explaining it to me, but I'm not going to understand it. And I can't think properly because my brain is not functioning right enough to be able to play video games and talk to you and understand you and accomplish what you're wanting me to do or see at the same time. Does that make sense? Thank you. I put it away. Even though I grew up with it. Can I tell you something? I'm not against video games, but grown men, come on. I just made some enemies. <laughs> I'm never going back to that church. Yeah, you will. Women, the gossip train, whatever it may be for you too, listen, you just got to be real. We will never progress. We will never get out of. We will never change. We will never be healed. I don't care how much you pray for healing in your life. If your system doesn't change, your old way of thinking, your childish ways of thinking and responding and understanding a situation, if they do not change, if your system doesn't change, then you will never progress. God will never bring you to until your mentality changes. It's called the Egypt slave mentality. You've been brought out, but yet your mind is still there. You can bring a man out of Egypt, but it's hard to bring the Egypt out of the man. Still exists. But because it was restricting me from being able to connect with you, to focus on you, to have a better perspective of our conversation, I had to put it away. Tell someone, put it away. Put it away. You can put it away. You can put it away today. You can put it away. It may still be there. And there may be times where you run back to it, and you shouldn't. But the more you stop running back to it and the further away you put it, the less effect it's going to have on the way that you think, the way that you speak, and the way that you understand in your life. Put it away. Tell someone, put it away. Put it up. Listen, put it up before you lose this opportunity in your life. For some of you, you have a decision to make on something. I don't know what it may be, but if you don't put that old system and childish way of thinking up, you'll lose the opportunity that's before you. Come on. Oh, I failed in the past. They've hurt me in the past, and, and it didn't work in the past. And, and if it didn't work then, I'm afraid it's not going to work now. Well, it's not going to work because you've already went back to your old system, and your old system was broke, and that's why it didn't work. But if you can get the confidence of God, amen, if you can get the faith, a three-dimensional faith that's not just in the flesh, not just in, in your soul and in your mind, your will and your emotion, but you walk in the Spirit. What do you mean in the Spirit? I walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? A three-dimensional. What's three-dimensional? That means I can see around the corner. I'm not just looking on the surface level of, of what I see and what everybody else sees. I get a God perspective, a three-dimensional perspective of this thing. I know what to avoid, and I know what to walk towards. I have a three-dimensional faith. I get a better perspective of it. I have a new system in my life now that's going to work for me. Because the thing is, if you don't put it away, it will put you away. It'll put away promotions. It'll put away promises. It'll put away progress. It'll put love away. No wonder that Paul brings this right up in the middle of the love chapter. Because if you don't change your system, it will put love away. I went through a bad divorce. Yeah, but don't bring that into the next, because if you don't and you use that old system and the old relationship in this new relationship, it's, it's going to put you away. Amen? That's why it's not working out. That's why the business is not happening. Maybe you've got to take a risk and have a little faith in this next venture. Come on. Maybe we've got to step out and do what God has actually called us to do. Maybe we have to step up and start giving like God's called us to give, and you'll see a change in your finances. Oh, I'm mad at him. Don't be mad at me. That's not my word. That's not my principles. That's the biblical principles. And if you apply those principles, there's keys to the kingdom that will unlock doors that God will help you, amen, to be successful and to be blessed. The Bible says there's blessings that have already been set up and in store for you. You just have to have the keys to be able to unlock them to walk into them. Amen? But for some of us, it must be our system that's keeping us from our greatness. I spake as a child. Thought of us. What's coming out of your mouth that's poisoning your purpose? 
What is coming out? The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And there's the power of life and death in the tongue. So what are you speaking over your situation that's poisoning your situation? What are you speaking that's causing your understanding to be dysfunctional? What are, you, what are you speaking that's causing the understanding to be dysfunctional, that's causing your thinking to be twisted? Who's ready for the change in their life today? Who's ready for God to renew your mind? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing. New. How, how can you walk in the new, in the new system, the new you, with the old system, the old ways? How, how can you be renewed? What is he talking about? Change your system and change your life. Change the system, and it will change your life. Can I tell you, when I, my father-in-law bought me this cool 4K, 65-inch, I feel the Holy Spirit right now, man. Oh, I mean, this amazing TV. thing was like 1500 bucks, but he got it for $278 on a Black Friday sale at Walmart. This thing's phenomenal. <clears throat> oh, man, I, I unboxed that thing, and he got me this swivel hinge that I, I could turn that thing any way. I, I could lay on the couch this way if I want and see it. But when I plugged it in and I put it on the wall and the picture came on, oh my goodness, I felt like I was there. Life-size people. I put planet Earth on. Man, that little stupid bird with the blue tail, the fly, I felt like he was sitting in my living room. Man, underwater, and the picture was so bright and so vivid. But see, I had to change and take the old system off the wall. And I, can I tell you, it's still at my house. The old TV is still at my house. It's downstairs in the basement. It's still up. It's still there. I had to put it away in order to put the new system up. But when I put the new system up, because of the new changes and the new technology and the things that, man, this picture was so, if I had a better perspective of that picture and that image. Does that make sense? Things just become alive to me again. Football isn't just football. It's football. Right? But I never would have experienced that. I could have kept that 65 inch in a box. But I'll never experience what it has to offer me. For so many of us, can I tell you something? The Bible says that God's blessings are already prepared for you. They're already there. Everything you already need is inside of you now. You just have to discover it. What do you mean? When he said it was finished on the cross, everything that you needed is done. Now it's up to you to discover it and to find it. But you'll never find it with an old system. Right? The TomTom -tom doesn't work as good now as the Siri navigation. Right? Much faster, better, quicker. You can have that system in a box. Or you can unbox it and put the old one up and have a better perspective and enjoy that atmosphere and life again. Man, my kids have to teach me how to use this thing. But once they do, once they've showed me, man, it opened up a whole new world for me. So much easier. I remember the Nextels and the bloop. I felt like I was a truck driver, man. You guys remember the Nextels? Nothing digital, nothing I could see or touch like this on the screen. Couldn't get on the internet. I had to do that, what was that, K9 typing or whatever. Well, you have to push it like five times to get to F and C. <laughs> but if they would not have showed me, and I would have never sat and understood, took the time to do it myself, and understood that the old thing is not working for me anymore, I would have never been able to be advanced and enjoy. What I'm trying to tell you today is this. You have to put it away, but if... You don't identify it first, you'll never be able to put it away. My last point is if you don't learn to resist it. You can put it away, but it's still there. Resist. How many of you know even that device right there is a hard one to resist? Come on, amen? 
The Bible says, I'm not calling your iPhone the devil. But the Bible says to resist, someone say resist. Resist the enemy and what will happen. He will flee. Resist, even though it's there, and there's going to be times when trouble comes, and the inner baby in us, the inner child in us, is going to want to run to the old system and the old way of responding, the old anger, the old me, because I know with that tone and with that word and with those things I could bring up your past, I will win this fight and not lose this fight. I'll win the argument. If not, I'm going to hurt you on the way down as much as I'm hurt. But if I keep going back to that, my results will always be the same. Resist the temptation. Resist the enemy. Every time, my prayer for you today is that every time that the enemy tries to come against your system, every time the enemy tries to come against your speech, and you begin to speak negativity over your life and over your family, and you begin to speak curses and gossip, and, and you begin to speak things that aren't right or of the word of God, I pray that you resist it in Jesus' name. Anytime he tries to come against your understanding. In other words, what do you mean? My when, when, when you're clouded by it, you need a God perspective of it. you got to get in the word. you got to say, God, help me to understand this, Lord. Pour your wisdom in me, but Lord, help me find the knowledge, which is something that I seek after, to where I can have a better understanding of the situation. And once I have a better understanding of it, God, I pray that when the enemy tries to come out the way that you think, instead of being mad at people, instead of being mad at the situation, that God will give you clarity in your thinking in Jesus' name. Amen? Someone say, change the system. Come on, say, put it away. You don't need it anymore. It doesn't work anymore. It's obsolete outdated. It doesn't work. Don't change who you are. Change your system. Change your reactions. Change your pace. Change the way you think. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. In Jesus' name. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to have corporate communion right now, and then we're going to close. My prayer for you today, as they're passing communion out now, Let's go ahead and dim those lights down and if we can get some communion up here for people on stage. I want you to understand that what God perceives about you today is truer than what you perceive about yourself. Did you know that? How God views you is truer than how you view you. I pray that what he perceives about you begins to fall in place. I pray that what God perceives about you begins to hit the ground today. Amen. How he sees you, it begins to hit the ground. And when it hits the ground, I pray that it becomes seed to the sower. Amen. I pray that it becomes bread to the eater in Jesus' name. What do you, what do you mean by that? I mean, there's been times in your life where you've been crushed like the seed. But how many of you know in order to make bread that is tasteful, bread that will feed others, the seed has to go through the crushing process. You've been crushed. You've been pulverized by situations, by circumstances, just like the seed. But God told me to tell you that he's going to make you bread today. That's going to bring strength and that's going to bring nourishment to someone. It'll bring strength and nourishment to your marriage. That'll bring strength and nourishment to your relationships, to what God has called you to be, to your business. Can you come on up here with me, Crystal? We're going to do communion together. I don't know if you have it. Let's go ahead and just sing this song as we're preparing. I pray that during this time, you look, five minutes, you'll be out of here. Take a moment to check your heart right now. And Take a moment to bring wash your sins before the Lord. I believe that when you go into communion, you go with a pure heart. Just take a minute and close your eyes. Talk to God. Jesus, search yourself. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. No precious is the flow that makes.
makes me white as snow. No other fountain, no, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other fountain no nothing but the blood of jesus let me read this to you real quick i wonder my wife up here just i, I believe that if as couples it's important to take communion together amen if your spouse isn't here it's okay it's not about just that. It's the fact that even at home, you know, you can take communion at home. You don't have to be in church to do communion. I pray that through this, this doesn't just become ritualistic or drinking juice and eating a cracker, but it's symbolic in your understanding and you're remembering what he did for you at Calvary. Amen. In Matthew 26 and 26, it says, as they were eating Still passing it out. Okay, give you another minute. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody got communion? All right. It says, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and he blessed it. He broke it. And he gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat, for this is my body. Before I go to the next one, the verse, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And earlier I talked about how he's going to make you bread for someone else. See, when we do this, we're remembering what Christ did for us. Because the Word of God says that He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, our peace is upon Him. It says, and by His stripes, someone lift your hand in the name of Jesus and say, I'm healed. I say it again. In my mind, I'm healed. In my flesh, I'm healed. In my spirit, I'm healed. Today, I receive it because of what He did. At Calvary, and because of what he did, he, he's making me that bread because he's in me. And I'm going to be bread to someone who's lost, someone who's broken because of what I've been through. God will bring me back to the joy of my salvation, and I'll share that with someone else, and they will feast off of that because of what I've done, because my system has changed in Jesus' name. Verse 27, he says, then he took the cup and he gave thanks. Can you just thank him right now? For his son, can you thank him for the blood that Jesus shed at Calvary? Lord, we thank you so much. Where would we be if it wasn't for you? We would be lost, Lord God. We would be on our way to hell. Father, I thank you that you loved us enough. That you sent your son that you loved, that you cherished to be on this earth. In the flesh, Lord God, to suffer, to be persecuted. But Lord, to teach us the entire time that he went through his struggles, Lord God. Of how to do it. As he gave his life and they hung him on a cross and he bled and he died. And he said it is finished so that our sins can now today be covered, Lord God. And that you see us and your perspective of us is no longer our old system and our old ways. But it's new in Jesus' name. He said to them, drink from it all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant. Someone say new. Amen. Not old systems, but new which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Let's just take a minute. Can you join hands? 
the person next to you as we leave here in a minute. I'm not going to call a corporate prayer because what I feel today is this. I know we might have dug into this a little deep, but change is here. Amen. It's here. We're closer to the return of Christ than we've ever been. I'm telling you, he's coming back soon. And he's watching what we're doing right now. And for so many of us in our life, we've been so spiritually lazy. And God is calling us to do more things. We've got hung up on the dumbest things. And we've got offended over the dumbest things. And we made excuses over the dumbest things. But it's time that we allow this relationship with God to be mended in Jesus' name and restored in Jesus' name. And we do something about it. And we have a godly perspective, a three-dimensional perspective of what he has before us and what he's trying to do with us today. Amen? Just pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, church, let's lift our voice right now. Let your speech be changed. Let, your, let the, the system of your prayers change right now. That's my prayer for you, that the old way of praying is not timid anymore. That as we pray in this house right now, that you'll open your mouth. You'll actually begin to confess things. You, you'll begin to profess things and, and proclaim things and claim them in Jesus' name. Come on, let your system change. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you. We take authority back right now in this house. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in the past. And, Lord, it worked then, but, God, it's not going to work for us now. Lord, you have something new for us, a new system, a new way, Lord God, a new level for us to be on. So change our thinking today. We, we pray that you renew our minds, Lord God. Restore our hearts today. Let us not be offended or make any more excuses in Jesus' name. We love you. We praise you. We give you honor and glory, Lord God, as we walk into the new in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise in this house today? Amen.